Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, before we get started, because not just because it's Thanksgiving, but I just want to thank, uh, of course, my pastor and Sister Barbara. Of course, they can't be here tonight. Amen. But I am so grateful for our pastors. Amen. Such wonderful, wonderful people, uh, such great leaders, uh, and especially entrusted me with the pulpit here tonight. And I want to thank uh, our leaders and, and all of you that came out, amen, uh, tonight to, to show your Thanksgiving. You, see, you know, you could, you, guys, you know, th- it's funny when we have, you know, a little bit of weather. Come on, somebody. Yeah, it's funny when, you know, there's a special occasion, a, a holiday. The people, some people make excuses. They're looking for excuse to miss church. But when you're truly thankful, when you're thankful for what God has done. Amen. And so let's get right into it tonight. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. I just pray for this devotion, this short time that we have, God. I know that you have a word for us, Lord, and I just pray, God, that would come forth with power. And and Father, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's go ahead and have a seat here tonight. And, you know, we're going to be real short because the weather is coming down, we want to make sure that everybody gets home safe. Amen. But on behalf of Pastor Danny and Sister Barbara, uh, we want to welcome you here tonight to our Thanksgiving service. We're going to have a, a time of communion and remembrance here in just a few short minutes. But if this is your first time. We want to welcome you in. We're so glad that you decided to join us tonight. We hope that you come back uh, Friday night for the, the gang and then Sunday uh, for our Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock, amen. So this uh, tonight, I'm just going to speak real briefly. And, you know, we are, we've been in a series called Grateful November. How many of you guys are truly grateful for what God has done in your life? Right? He picked you up when he could have left you down. Come on, somebody. He decided to, to get into your situation. He didn't leave you there. He didn't abandon you. But he decided to pick you up, decided to reach out to you, help you up. Amen. And I'm forever grateful and ex-atheist, ex-meth addict that God, even when he didn't have to, even when, even when I didn't deserve it, he saw fit to reach down and, and pick me up. Amen. And so tonight I want to speak on the topic of the power of your thank you. And I love, I remember Pastor Danny speaking a message one year, and that's why I couldn't uh, bite the title. He said, uh, there's break, breakthrough in your thank you. And that sounds better than there's power in your thank you, but he already stole the message title. So that's my message title tonight, amen? Matthew chapter 15, verse 32 to 37. And the Bible reads, then Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days and they have nothing left to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry or they will faint along the way. The disciples replied, where would we get enough food here in the wilderness for such a huge crowd? Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? Come on, somebody. They replied, seven loaves and a few 
small fish. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish and thanked God for them and broke them into pieces. He gave them to the disciples who distributed the food to the crowd. They all ate as much as they wanted. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. And right here, we see that there was a miracle that took place. There was, this is one of the great miracles where Jesus was able, right, to turn what was looked at as very little into something that was more than enough, right? So Jesus, he, he looks at the people, and I want to speak a word right now to somebody's life. The Bible says that, that he felt sorry or he had compassion or he loved them. So much that he saw their current condition. And he says, I have to do something about this condition. So if you're here tonight and you said, I don't think that anybody loves me. Or I don't think that anybody cares about me. Or I don't think that anybody's thinking about me. I want to let you know that Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, loves you so much that he has compassion for you. That he sees you in your current condition, whether you're brokenhearted, whether you're depressed, whether you think about giving up, whether you're struggling with addiction. He looks at you and he looks at you with compassion. And through that compassion, he loves you so much that he doesn't want to leave you in that current condition. That's the kind of savior that we have. Not the kind of Savior that, that kicks us while we're down or, or leaves us out to dry, but the kind of Savior that loves us so much that he says, I want to move for you. So right here, the Bible says that he had compassion or he felt sorry for them, right? Because they had nothing left. And he didn't want to send them along their way in that condition. And how many of you know that we're, we're all on our way somewhere? He said, I don't want along their journey. Because right before here, we saw that Jesus was healing the sick. He was opening blind eyes. He was doing miracles, right? So all this crowd of people that have already experienced or saw a miracle in their lives. He said, now when they go along their journey, I want to make sure they're provided for. Right? And sometimes when we, after we get saved, right? After we get saved and then we enter into the reality, right? The reality of, of this walk of, uh, of the Lord, this walk of Christ, this Christian walk. How many know that sometimes it gets tough, right? You get saved, you're like, oh my gosh, all my problems are over, right? You get saved and you're like, oh, everything's going to be all right. Listen, everything's going to be all right, but there's still going to be problems. Right? There's still going to be trials and storms and situations. So what happens, he goes along the journey, right, that I still need to take care of them. And they ask the disciples, let's get them something to eat. And what does the disciples say? The disciple says, how are we going to find enough food, enough provision in the wilderness? Right? I guess the disciples didn't read their Bible. Come on, somebody. He said, how on earth is God going to provide for these people in the wilderness? See, what happened when 
what happened when the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, right? They were stepping into a season of being in the wilderness. And see, as Christians, when we step out of our Egypt, right, when we get saved and we step out of bondage, we go into this season, right, where God has to provide, right? So here we see that Jesus, uh, the the disciples look at him and says, how are we going to provide in the wilderness? See, Jesus is our source. And what happened here is when Jesus took the bread and he spoke the words, thank you, Father. When he spoke the words, thank you, something happened. The key to the miracle was gratitude, right? The key to the provision was the gratitude. And sometimes when we get it mixed up, we feel like, we feel like in the wilderness we got to suffer. We feel like in the wilderness there's no way out. Right? What did, the, what did some of the children of Israel say? They said, it would have been better if you left us in Egypt. It would have been better if I never got saved. Have you ever said that before? I should have stayed in the world. I should have stayed. Right? You forgot how bad it was. Right? Writing all those fake checks. Come on, somebody doing all that dirt, right, borrowing from everybody, stealing from everybody, breaking into houses, going to jail. I should have stayed in the world, losing all your teeth. Come on, somebody. I should have stayed back there. You wouldn't be here if you stayed back there. God rescued you just in the nick of time. You probably wouldn't even be alive. You wouldn't have your freedom. But just in the nick of time. God rescued you. So they were in the wilderness, right? So Jesus asked them, how much bread do you have? And he did this because he wanted them to see their current situation, to have an understanding. And sometimes you've got to take an evaluation. You say, you know what? I don't have enough, right? Or there isn't enough. And so Jesus said, how much do you have? He said that to the disciples, and they replied, seven loaves and a few small fish. So the situation don't look good, right? Then, so Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and fish, and he thanked God for them, and they broke them into pieces. So he sat them all down. He said, look, we got seven loaves and a few fish. You've done all you can do. This is all that you have. Now, give me what you got because I'm about to turn your natural into supernatural. Give me what you got, right? Give me, let me show you the power of God. See, when you put what you have in God's hands, see, God's hands just don't hold stuff. They grow stuff, right? When you put what you got in God's hands, See, our God is a God of multiplication, right? When you put your, what you have in God's hands, the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the, cattle, the, the God that's more than enough, who can supply all our needs. When you put the, what you have in God's hands, you say, God, I ain't got much, but what I have, I put it in your hands, God. And what God is able to do with it, that's the same thing with our lives. Listen, our lives before God, right? You couldn't find my life at the Goodwill. Come on, somebody. 
You couldn't find it at Savers. You couldn't even buy it on discount. It was in the garbage can out back. Someone donated. They said, no, we can't sell this. You're throwing that away. But what you, you put it in God's hands. Put your life in God. Say, God, I, you know, I put it all in your hands. My life, my heart, I put it in your hands. Some of you got to put your kids in God's hands. Come on, somebody. Some of you got to put your family in God's hands. Your financial situation, put it in God's hands. Whatever you got, put it in God's hands. Say, God, I can't do it without you, God. And watch what God does. Right? So what, is, what, what happens afterwards? What They put it uh, in, in God's hands. And then right here he said, he thanked God. You know, there's another portion of scripture when uh, Lazarus is, uh, when, 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 when Jesus is going, and he says, roll the stone away. And there's, there's something that very key in that portion of scripture. He says, I think, I thank you, Father, for listening to my prayer. I know you always listen to me, but I said it for everyone to hear so that they shall believe. Right? So what Jesus was doing is he was giving his disciples the tool of gratitude. He was giving them a key to unlock a miracle in their life. And so if you need a miracle, be thankful. Thank God before the miracle. Thank him in advance. Thank him in advance that he's going to put your family back together. Thank him in advance that he's going to give you that good job that you need to provide for your family. Thank him in advance that you ain't going to backslide ever again. Thank him in advance that you're going to answer the call of God. Thank him in advance and have an attitude of gratitude. Amen. With that, we're going to go ahead and have a time of, of communion. Let's get the worship team up. You know, communion is a very special time. When we have our, a Thanksgiving service like this, we remember. Remember not just what God has done for us in our personal lives, not only where God rescued us from, but what Jesus did on the cross for us. Sometimes we forget. How brutal. Sometimes we forget exactly the suffering that, that Jesus did for us, encountered for us. All the way up the cross. Every lash that he took, the beating, the crown of thorns. And he did it because he loves us. You know that, that expression that, that uh, hey, you, know, you tell your, your wife or your husband, I love you to death. Jesus actually loved you to death. That's how much he loves you, all the way to the cross. And so in remembrance of what Jesus did, is what, that's why we take communion. But it's also a time of evaluation. That we can close our eyes and we can think, you know, this time at the end of November, 11 months have passed us by. The year is done. You're like, ah, I'm going to change in 2019. Listen, it's done. You might as well save that resolution for next year now. Come on, somebody. And how about you wait say, you know what, God? Not just all the negative things that I did wrong. But God, how did you grow me this year? What did you do in my life this year, God? I'm so thankful. You were there and you saw me through that tough situation. How did you make me a better person this year? 
what can I do to be better next year? Did every step you take this year take you closer to God? Feeling the call of God? Listen, in 2020, let's not waste any steps. With every step we take, let's get closer to our Lord and Savior. Every step we take, answering the call, mending relationships instead of breaking them. Some of us tonight might need to take a step of forgiveness and forgive someone that long overdue forgiving. Maybe a family member, someone in church, someone that might have left the church. Tonight's your night. Forgive them. Watch what happens when you forgive them. God will move in such a powerful way in your life. So what we're going to do now, let's all stand to our feet. Listen, there's power in your thank you. Miracle-working power. Sometimes we walk around all negative and down, seeing what's wrong and always focusing on what's going bad. Listen, we serve a good God. We serve a good God. Listen, sometimes it's just smiling, changing your whole perspective. Thank you, God. I didn't get everything I wanted this year or do whatever I want to do this year, but I know it was what you wanted me to do, Lord. So what we're going to do now, and we're going to go ahead and start. If, if people want to make uh, lines down the, you guys can go ahead and grab your elements, your bread and your juice. Go ahead and start from both sides. Don't take them yet. We're going to have a, a special time of communion. Just grab one each. And Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus that the Lord Jesus on the night 
when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body. That is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread. In the same way, he took the cup after supper. Saying, this is the cup of the new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Take the cup. Let's close your eyes. Father, we need you tonight, God. As we partake, God, in the Lord's Supper, well, I pray that each one of us, God, would be more grateful, God. That each one of us would forgive more, God. That each one of us would love more, God. To be like you, Lord. Well, I pray in the name of Jesus, every person in this place, whatever they're holding on to, whatever grudge they're holding on to, bitterness, unforgiveness, whatever they're going through, depression, anxiety, loneliness, addiction, I pray that they would take this opportunity. They would take this opportunity to thank you, God. Even through the struggle, even through the situation, the process, God, that they would thank you, God, for the victory to come, God. And Father, I pray right now, Lord, that as we approach the end of the year, it might be 11 months in. It might be almost done. But I I pray, Father, whatever you want to do in our lives this year, Father, we would do, Lord, that you would have your way in our lives, God. In the name of Jesus. If you came here tonight and You say I'm going through a tough time or you came in tonight and maybe you're going through a trial. Maybe it's the trial of your life. Maybe tomorrow when everybody's around the Thanksgiving table, you're going to be home alone. Or you're going to be there and you're going to be in the victory home and yeah, you're in a good place and God's working on you, but you're not going to, maybe you're not have your family. Maybe your family's not even talking to you right now. Listen, it doesn't matter how alone you feel, you're never alone. Because God is with you. God is with you. And then one day, one day, it might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, but then one day, you're going to see that the power of God was right there the whole time. What we're going to do tonight, we want to get everybody out of here. I really believe that we could all use a, a moment to thank God, to tell him how grateful that we are for him, for rescuing us, for his power, for his love, for who he is in our life. So we're going to open the altar just for a few short minutes. And so if you want to come tell God how thankful you are, if you want to lift your hands and praise, if you want to cry out to him and whatever it is, 
You know, these altars are open. You deserve the glory.